Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you. This season of Freelance Writing Coach is sponsored by Kat Bogard, a fellow freelance writer who provides helpful advice and resources for creative freelancers. We both know Kat personally, and if you're struggling to pitch stories and land freelance writing clients, Kat's Pitch Pack takes the guesswork out of formatting those nerve-wracking emails. The pack includes eight pitch email scripts for a variety of scenarios, completed samples for each template, and some helpful tips to write pitches that get responses. For more about Kat and to purchase your own pitch pack, visit katbogard.com slash pitch pack. That's K-A-T-B-O-O-G-A-A-R-D slash pitch dash pack. Tell them Kaylee and Emma sent you. So today we're going to talk a little bit about productized services, how to do them, what the pitfalls are, what are the perks of them. Um, Basically, what do you need to know if this is something you're thinking about launching within your freelance writing business? So I think, Emma, you and I have a lot to say about this. I know that I am just kind of dipping my toes into the water of this. But the first question I want to ask you is, what does it mean to you when you hear somebody say productized services? Like, let's start with a definition. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is really important to consider because people get confused when you talk about productized services. Like, is that that you're launching a digital product? Um, To me, a productized service is basically saying, okay, I am selling a very crystal clear service. It includes, you know, some certain components and I always do it in exactly the same way. And basically I'm selling a service that someone can buy off the shelf. So let me give an example of what that would be. So someone could offer a productized case study service. In that service, they offer research, they offer interviews, they offer cultural cultivating a list of customers to to interview for the case study. They they offer design, they offer the whole thing, and then they have a price with it. And they say, this whole case study package is, you know, $2,193, whatever it is. And so that's something that someone can buy off the shelf. And so you can sort of replicate that over and over again. Do you have that same understanding of a productized service? Yeah, definitely. So it's like a very systematic, templatized, this is what it is. There's not a lot of customization to it. So it's it's a version of a service that you provide. It's still very much service-based, but the scope is super concrete and there's just not a lot of wiggle room around like what it looks like execution-wise. So I think we're on the same page with that. Yeah. And and I think let's talk a little bit about why doing it. Like, like why, why do this? So I think there's benefits for the freelancer in that you can create a systematized process for yourself and for your clients where you're basically guaranteed to deliver results. You know how it works every time. And I worked with a coach who pitched it to me for my case study service because she said, hey, if you know that every time you're going to do a case study, it's X dollars, it makes it a lot easier to sub contract because you can sort of set a price for how much you're going to pay the subcontractor and make it very clear what the subcontractor is going to do. Like if they're going to do the writing of the case study, you know where that fits into the whole thing. It makes it easier to plan. And and I think it's also nice to be able to say like, you know, I have this go-to package for people, right? Like it reduces time and sort of the proposal and pitch process because they can buy it off the shelf. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think it also is 
because it is so formalized as far as structure, execution, process, you can spell all of that out up front and basically be like, here's exactly what you're going to get for this price point, And that's it. You know, and so it, like you said, it minimizes the need for that back and forth over, okay, well, can we do this? Can we tweak that? It's like, no, this, this is what it is. If this is something you need done, I can do it. Here's what it costs. Like end of discussion. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that brings up sort of like what's in it for the client. Well, right. what's in it for the client is this if they have a specific need, like they need a case study soup to nuts, then they can buy that productized service, right? I think it also has some challenges that you and I know about where I have had some trouble implementing productized services myself. So I'm curious from you, like, have you successfully implemented productized services? And if not, what are the challenges? Just where are you with it? So I feel like I'm getting better at it. It's definitely got a bit of a learning curve. So my experience with it is my husband and I just recently launched this new project called contentremix.com where we take podcast recordings and we turn them into narrative style blog posts. So not word for word recaps, not transcripts. It's basically like if somebody were to listen, take notes and pull out the main themes of what you discussed in the podcast. And we do this for this podcast too. If you go to our website, you'll see what it looks like in action. So I work with subcontractors who help do the list listening, do the write-up. It's all templatized. They follow a format. There's an intake form for the customer that they pay upfront. And it's all just kind of a package deal. There's not a lot of customization. There's not a lot of, hey, can you tweak this, do that? It's like, it is what it is. So what I've learned is that documentation is really, really important. I think it's also really important to ask a lot of questions of the customers up front and be sure that they're very clear and understand what it is that they're getting and what they kind of can and can't ask for as part of that. I think the thing that sometimes gets a little bit tricky is that with, especially with written content, everybody has a little bit different approach to how they do like a style guide or how they like their tone, how they want to format headings, things like that. So as long as you get that, information collected up front and you can pass it on as part of your standardized workflow, I think that that's fine. But you have to be really careful to be firm in the boundaries around that. So for example, with this service, there's no editing. There's no round of edits. It's like you get the finished blog post and it's done. You know, it's and a lot of times people want iterations, say, Oh, can you tweak this? Oh, can you change that? And we're very clear up front about this is not that. You know, it's not a collaborative, iterative service. It's one and done. So right. I think that that's the challenge is that some some clients really want a more bespoke, even though I hate that word, like a more customized hand holding type of service. So if you're going to offer a productized service, you have to be very, very clear about what goes and, and what flies and what does. And that's the challenge sometimes. People don't always understand that. Yeah. And I think the other challenge is you have to understand what your clients actually want. So I sometimes see copywriters, freelancers put out some kind of productized service and it might be for something similar to what I do. And I'm like, nobody's going to buy that because like I've been working with these clients for five plus years. I'm like, that's not what they want. It just, it's, it's what you think they want, but it's not what they want. So I think the best productized services are sort of when you understand what people need and you're able to say like, okay, I know that people that have podcasts want to repurpose that content in the written form. It's, it's good for people that are hard of hearing, for example, or it's, you know, it's, it's, 
a way to repurpose the content for SEO or whatever their reasons are. You have to sort of understand that that's that's something that they want, what they're willing to pay for it, all of that before you can kind of develop a productized service. And when we talk about challenges, I do want to touch on the, the challenges I've had because I find with case studies for my particular clients, there is a lot of variance in what they need. So I have many clients that they have conducted interviews themselves, which I always think I uh, it's better to have a third party do the interview, but I, I still work with clients that have conducted the interview themselves. I have clients that are like, you know, I know you offer one round of revisions. I think we're going to need two because we always have clients come back and they want more. and Or they have a case study template where they're like, we like them in this style. We want on a more editorial approach. And I want to be able to serve all of these clients. And so I found that offering something super productized doesn't really work for my particular clients or even my mode of working. Like I, if I am a freelancer that prides myself in being flexible and working with my clients, offering a super productized services for case studies like conflicts with that. It doesn't mean that I don't have a process and that pretty much every time I do a case study project, it isn't really close to the same because they all have a lot of similarities, but I've just found that being like, okay, a case study costs X and it includes all of this stuff. And if you don't want the interview too bad, it still costs X. Like I just, that doesn't really work for how I do business. Yeah, it's definitely an it depends situation. The other thing that I found really interesting and effective in some cases is that it's also can be really helpful for the people who don't exactly know what they need, but maybe they have like a laundry list um, or a super long to-do list with a variety of kind of small tasks that they want off their plate. And so you can do like the buy my day model of the productized service, which I've actually purchased before. Jason Resnick is a person who helps with ConvertKit, just setting up sequences and just kind of handling like small execution task type things. He, he just knows the software really well and can do it quickly. And so he offers like a buy my day model where you can pay to book him for eight hours and he will basically like chat with you beforehand, get the to-do list polished and lined up, and then you get his full day, like eight hours worth of knocking out those to-do lists. So again, like if you're somebody who's like, yeah, I need a lot of different things, but it's not, you know, I don't really know how to scope it. That sometimes can be a really valuable way to package it. Yeah, I've seen that work for a lot of freelance writers where they offer a buy my day. And we talked about that a little bit in the last season that it's been hard for you and I, and especially because I think you and I are sensitive to like, I don't really want you to buy my time. Right. (laughs) Right. So we're a little sensitive with you. I think that probably not because there's still a lot of things that you haven't answered. There's still a lot of things that maybe you aren't sure how to scope. And and I feel like that's a pretty easy way to get in over your head um, and to tie up a lot of your time too. So I think, yeah, I think that, yeah, it's a tricky thing. I, I wouldn't say yes, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say 100% no either. I don't know that I have a good answer for that. What do you think? I don't know. I, As I said earlier, I think that it's not where I would recommend that most freelance writers start. I think it's worth thinking about 
what am I seeing that keeps coming up over and over again? And are there opportunities to productize what I'm doing? I think that's the question most freelancers, wherever wherever they are in their career, should ask themselves. Like, what could I, it's because ultimately a productized service is about how you package what you're offering. So I think the beginner freelancer should maybe be asking, how do I package what I offer in a compelling way that makes it easy for someone to buy off the shelf? And I think it's important to not force it. I often see like blog writers offer a three blog post per month package. And I always think to myself, is that based on what you want to be doing for your clients? Or is it based on what your clients actually need? I wonder about that. Again, I always come back to like, is this product led by what you want or by what you're seeing in the market? Because I often think that it's led by what the freelancer wants. Like they're like, I want to write three blog posts per month because I know I'm going to bank X dollars, but then I don't see a lot of clients out there that are actually looking for something like that off the shelf. But there are things that clients are looking for off the shelf, right? So yeah, I mean, I think it's complicated. I think it's also valuable though for for like filling slow days, you know, or adding a different revenue stream for if nothing else, the sake of experimentation. So like if you have a client who you have a retainer agreement with and you have, you know, four blog posts that you do for them every month and then they come back and say, oh, we actually need help with a few other small things. You can come back and say, okay, well, you could buy like a half day of my time and I can knock those out for you rather than just being like, oh, of course, I'll take care of those and do it at no extra charge. It can be a good way to kind of scope those. This will just take a minute type asks. Yeah, absolutely. I find that a big challenge with it is narrowing down what those productized services could be. Recently, I've been thinking, I've been having a lot of thought leader types come to me, like founders of companies, venture capitalists, those types. And they want to be writing posts and they also want to be promoting those posts. So I've been thinking like, oh, maybe I should offer a package where they get two blog articles per month plus two LinkedIn posts that go with those articles and that could be a package and mission, you know. But then what you have to think about too is how are you going to promote that product, right? Like, is it something that's just going to be included in your proposal or are you going to create a page where you're, you know, hawking that product out in the environment? It it goes beyond just sort of saying, here's something you can buy off the shelf, right? So I'm curious about how you think about promoting the different productized services you offer. Yeah, it's a tough thing. I see some people put it on their websites as just kind of like a standard offering, but I've seen a lot of writers and I think more more so just have it as if somebody asks for it, it's it's an option. And it's it's basically like a pricing structure. You know, it's not even something that they maybe are pushing or putting out into the world and and marketing in a big way. It's just kind of like as needed basis. So, I think that it definitely can help fill some gaps if you're like, mm, I'm not really sure how to price this or I'm not sure how to scope this. I think it can be good for that. I think the downside, though, that comes with this is that not everything fits into a nice box with a bow, right? So like, okay, say somebody decided they want to do the buy my day thing and you both agree on a day on the calendar and then that day comes along and you wake up that morning and you're deathly ill and you can't do it. And so now you have to cancel. And this is, again, the challenge of like selling your time and and agreeing to like be on somebody's calendar or have them be on yours is that life happens, you know? And so anytime you sell your time, and this is why you and I always are like, don't price hourly. (laughs) 
and don't sell your time, it can be a slippery slope for sure. (laughs) Right. Totally. I prefer when I'm pricing and organizing projects to more think about having structure for how I do the project, but it's, it can be really hard to create a productized service when you don't necessarily know the scope or you don't know the client. They, they work for certain things, but I'm just thinking about the web copy projects that I do where when I'm quoting a web copy project, I know that there's going to be a research and strategy phase, that there's going to be an execution phase. I, I, I know how the project is going to work and I can sell them on my process. But when it comes to productizing that, for my clients that are that are tech companies that are bigger, it doesn't make sense to sort of sell a write my website package. But I do think that kind of package might work if you were only writing websites for individual coaches, let's say, because you know that every time a coach comes to you, they need an about page, a services page, blah, blah, blah. blah. You can really start to productize what you're offering because you're offering the same thing again and again and again. And I think there's something to be said for that in the sense that if you you are a coach, let's say, and you're looking for someone to write your website and you look at my website and you look at another copywriter's website and that copywriter has a package for coaches and you see the price right there, it's off the shelf. I think that person should go with that copywriter, right? Because they're the solution is right there for them and they work exclusively with those people. They know that business inside and out. Whereas if you're coming to me, you're getting something more customized, but that might not actually be the best fit. Whereas with the tech companies I work with, they kind of need something more customized just by the nature of their businesses. Right. And I think too, it, it all depends on like how specialized is the offering and, and is it going like, are your customers often coming back when you quote a project with a lot of questions, like a lot of ambiguity, they're feeling uncertain, like would a productized service remove some of that, remove some of that friction from getting them to work with you? Like you said, if they see, oh, it's going to cost me exactly X amount of dollars instead of like, oh, I have to wait until we get into the project. And then, you know, we can kind of see what the scope evolves into. It's a very clear, like, here's what it costs, period. And so for some people, it's going to make a lot of sense. Whereas others are going to be like, "Mm, I don't know if she can fit everything we need into that particular package, you know? And so that's, I think that that's another thing to be mindful of with these is that if you are not 100% confident that you can deliver based on your scope that you've outlined or the agreement that you've come to based on this productized service, that could, that could be very bad for your business and that you are not meeting the client's expectations and maybe the project ends up taking longer than you thought or it's more work than you involve. So now you have to go back and ask for more money or just eat the cost, you know, and be like, okay, well, this is what I charge. I'm, I'm, stuck with this. It's, it's a very difficult thing. There's just a lot to consider. Yeah. It's funny though, because in this conversation, I'm thinking, oh, I should offer more productized services. Even though I came into this conversation being like, I don't really know if those should have a huge place in my business. But I think there's something to be said for coming out with an offering that's really clear so that people understand what it is you do and what you offer. I I just think about some of like the workshops and audits that you've put out, Kaylee, for example, where you're sort of saying like, okay, I'm offering content audits for e-commerce websites, like buy one. 
And that's an example of a productized service, right? And it makes it easy for someone to say yes. It allows you to experiment to see if you like doing it. Oh, that's a good point. Right? Like, I think it's tempting to be like, oh, I'm going to offer this productized service, which is the backbone of my business. But I think there's also some room for experimentation where you say like, I'm going to try selling content audits and see if people want them, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's 100% what I've been doing. And it's been, it has been really interesting. Just like if I have a free day and I'm like, hmm, I think I could fill my time or, you know, I want to, I want to test out a slight variation on this model. Um, those have actually been really, really profitable for me. And so what I've been doing with those is I raise the price point every time I open up slots, I raise it by a hundred dollars. And so by keeping it really limited and almost having it be like, a FOMO type thing, like, hey, I have seven slots open. Um, the price goes up a hundred dollars every time. It's a it's a interesting like marketing play, I think. And it, again, it helps fill my slow days if I ever have one. Yeah, sure. And it gives you some variety in the work that you're doing. And you talking that through, I'm like, maybe I need to hire you to coach me to think of some productized services or things that I could offer like that. I'm 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 serious because. I think one thing that I struggle with as a freelancer and even just as a business person is finding that focus of like, I know the three core products that I offer. I know who I work with. And then there are other areas I'd like to explore and figuring out how to do that is a real challenge. And maybe it's one you could help me with. We could talk off the podcast about (laughs) it. funny. Yeah. It's funny because when I'm doing these website copy audits, I'm often thinking about copy that you've written because I feel like you do such a good job of executing on like all of the best practices that when I go and look at other people's, I'm like, okay, Emma would have ticked these boxes. Is this page doing those things? And if not, like, what do they need to know so that they are? So I think you could do that easily. You could probably do it a hundred times better than me, honestly. <laughs> no, I, I, but, but this is, I think it's it's why it's great that we're having these conversations, right? Because we all struggle with different things as freelancers. Like I've struggled to sort of put together the thing and market the thing. And you're sort of doing a great job putting together the thing and marketing it. And I'm sure you do an excellent job, but then it kind of sounds like you're like, hmm, how would Emma actually do the execution part of this? And so- I, it's interesting. And we, we really should talk more about it. <laughs> we should. Yeah. I will say to any of our listeners, as we wrap this episode up, this is a really tough topic. And I'm so curious about what our listeners think about productizing services and what successes they've had. So please find us on Twitter or on email and let us know. Kaylee's at Kaylee F and I'm at MFAS. But, but please let us know what you think about productizing services, because this might be one that we come back to in another season. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit freelancewritingcoachpodcast.com.